eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we, of course, are in the beginning of our off season a little bit quicker than we would have liked so probably a shorter show this week talking about the brian gutekunst presser um the aaron Rodgers comments that continue to unfold he was on pat mcafee's show today and then looking at the playoff picture so perry i don't like the off season starting this early i don't know about you but i much prefer when we get to talk about playoff football yeah i'm not into this <laughs> at all um, it's the middle of January and the Packers season is over. Like follow players on social media. They're all on vacation. I'm like guys, no. Did you see before we get into this Mercedes Lewis and his, I don't partner. I don't know what they are. Um, are on vacation with Devonta Adams and his wife. I hope that he's campaigning. Yeah. Cute. In real reality, probably Devonte is telling Mercedes to come to the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, or Mercedes is like celebrating his retirement. Yeah, for sure. Um, but speaking of retirement, got to talk about it again. Get, yeah, we're going to get another season of Aaron Rodgers. He does, I will say, seem like he's not really trying to make this like a dragged out situation, um, which I give him props for. Like I completely understand his mindset of being like the season just ended. I need to decompress and kind of figure out what I want. Um, but of course he gets to be all cryptic and he knows that every single word he says is going to get dissected by the media. Um, so he did have a couple of comments in there that were eyebrow raising, if you will, but what else is new? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's the same old uh, conversation that we thought was going to happen this off season where, you know, he made sense or, you know, it made sense that he said, if he's not 100% all in and ready to go, he doesn't want to play. And I think that's commendable and respectable because you wouldn't want him to come back if he was like half in, you know, one foot in one foot out the door, but you know, take the time you need. But I think Packers fans at this point are just ready for an answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does have to- like, like, I think 
he needs to make a decision by June one. Right. So unfortunately there are going to be some many moons of this. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I get what he means. Like he still thinks he can play at a high level. Sure. He knows his body better than anyone else. I think he wants his career to end in green Bay, but so his comments about like, you know, whether it's here or somewhere else, I think is just speculative. I can't imagine really that a trade is um, in the cards at this point, but crazier things have happened. Um, Same comments, you know, both sides need to want it, even though both Goot and Matt have like stood firmly behind him. So that's a silly thing to say because at least outwardly the front office seems to be like totally behind Aaron Rodgers. And we can debate whether we think that's a good decision or not. Um, but it's kind of, it's totally and completely up to him, this decision. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting though. You know, if you listen to all of his pressers from the last couple seasons and, you know, he was asked like pretty much point blank last off season, you know, does this mean that you plan to retire a green Bay Packer? And he said, yes. And then now to almost, he didn't like formally walk it back, but just to hear him talk about like, you know, I can win MVP somewhere, I think in the right situation and do the Packers think it's the right situation? Does he think it's the right situation? And, you know, it, it sounds like if he comes back, he also is, you know, campaigning for guys like Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb and Robert Tunyon and David Bakhtiari and Al Lazard. And so it feels like it's not just a, a him decision. It's a very much what will the Packers do to appease him should he wish to come back? Yeah. And he point blank said he does not want to be part of a rebuild. Right. So which is fair, right? Like, I, I understand that. I personally think that running it back with him with all of those guys that you just listed is going to keep the Packers in this no man's land nine and eight purgatory for longer than we need to. And they're already in cap hell. And a lot of those guys are going to need new contracts or things are going to have to get restructured. And I think they're just really prolonging the pain at this point. So if all those guys are packaged deals, like that's going to change, that's going to change this decision for the Packers front office for sure. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting, too, um, because, you know, like you said, he's he's pretty much got until June 1 to make a decision. But you would hope for his sake, for the front office, I think his decision is largely going to impact the draft. And you would hope that it wouldn't. But I think depending on, you know, who your quarterback is, you can argue about, like, what pieces are coming back. Or, you know, I think some of those things maybe change. If the Packers, you know, bring back Rodgers and they bring back Tunyon, it might, you know, stop them from drafting a tight end in the first couple rounds if they maybe wouldn't have otherwise or they would have for Jordan Love so really curious you know obviously he's got some time we are just now in the middle of January so before we even get into draft talk he's got a couple months yet but I would be curious to see if you know his decision would impact how the Packers front office approaches the draft and what positions they would value that is an interesting I never thought about that because I just feel like the Packers have their draft ways and they draft. I think as fans, we've disagreed with some of the decisions they've made in the draft while Aaron Rodgers was in his prime. Right. So I don't know why now it would change the way they draft when it hasn't impact. He hasn't necessarily impacted their choices in the past, even when the Packers were like arguably at the height of their, you know, powers, if you will. So it will be interesting to see, you know, you never know how at the tail end of a Hall of Famer's career can kind of like change what you do as a front office. But 
I don't know if I would advise the Packers to change their draft strategy based on based around their quarterback. I think their needs are their needs, regardless of who is under center right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that this is a business and I think that the difficult part when you have friendships in a business like this is, you know, we hear Rogers talking about wanting guys like Randall Cobb back and Mercedes Lewis and how that could impact his decision. And I know there were a number of factors for this, but you look at Devontae Adams going to play with Derek Carr and the Raiders after they had just committed, you know, an an extensive contract to him. And now he's on the trade block and likely will not be the Raiders quarterback next season. So I think all of those kind of moves factor into this too, where if you're committing to Rogers, is it going to be another one year deal? Or, you know, are you thinking like, okay, Rogers, if you come back, it's two years. And then guys like, Mercedes or two years or, you know, I think a lot of these are like domino pieces where Rogers is just unfortunately the first domino that has to fall before the Packers front office can really make some of these decisions. Yeah. A hundred percent. So it should be a fun next couple of months while he hems and haws. <laughs> um, do you agree with him that he could win another MVP based on what we saw this season? I think that's really interesting. And I mean, maybe depending on the, you know, if you put him in a certain offense, like if you, if you gave him the bills offense, let's say, you know, with I like, do we think that his MVP or slump this year, his lack of, you know, progress was because of like wide receivers. Was it the play calling? I guess I'd be curious to see for him what he can, like what he thinks went wrong, you know, what he thinks was the factor behind him not winning an MVP because he's, vocally been against some like decisions and you know play calling and some of those things this season so if he went somewhere with a better scheme you know in his opinion that would fit what he wanted to do more maybe but I I definitely I don't know I think I think four is a lot and I think getting a fifth one would be very challenging regardless of where he ended up Green Bay or otherwise yeah I thought his comments were really interesting because I find that when he does the things he wants to do, it doesn't turn out as we'd like it to, you know, it's not as successful. Whereas when I think that he's playing within the LaFleur scheme, that's when you get like the real MVP level. So it's funny when he's like, whether it's here or somewhere else, depending on the situation. I'm like, quite frankly, I think he's in the best situation. He just, you know, doesn't always play a hundred percent to what this scheme and this coach is asking for. So if he has disagreements about that, then that I think also changes things. If he's like, you know, not in on this new scheme, what Matt Fleur wants to call and wants to like play somewhere with more of like the McCarthy West coast style offense, then could we see him somewhere else? Maybe, but I don't think it's going to garner the results that he thinks it's going to, to be quite honest with you. Um, like LaFleur is moving the way the whole rest of the NFL is moving towards. And Rogers had his best seasons when he was really operating under that. So yeah, I'm just, I obviously, you know, we're getting snippets of what's inside his brain and he's not probably being like as forthcoming as he might be if he's talking to someone in a private setting. But that to me was like the biggest like asterisk kind of like red flag of the entire McAfee interview. Cause I was like, I think you're already there. It's just a matter of, are you giving a hundred to this setup or not? And I don't think this season he was. I know that we can't go back and play the hypothetical game or, you know, think about what could have should have happened, but you know, let's say in, 
you know, this, this future land or this hypothetical space that we're existing in. Do you think Aaron Rodgers' statistics are, are different with Devontae Adams? We can keep Christian Watson. We can say the draft, everything is exactly the same. Or do you think that the Packers still kind of have the season that they have because their struggles were what their struggles were? I think Devontae's a Band-Aid, but, you know, obviously you enter into new weapons and it's just going to change the offense. You had offensive line shuffles and struggles all season. So I don't know if his production would have been MVP level. However, Devontae Adams can perform with pretty much anybody. So I think you probably see a bit more of an efficient offense and you definitely see a better red zone offense, in my opinion, because just the way Devontae like moves guys down there. Um, but I don't know if they're back to 13-3 and three Super Bowl contenders. Maybe if Christian Watson comes on like he does the second half and you have a Devontae Adams and you have like a real true like one-two. But I don't know. You can't. You, it's, hard, it's hard to wonder those things. It is. It hurts a little bit. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Let's move on then, I guess, to the Brian Gutekunst presser that he had last week talking about Obviously, some of the Rogers stuff, we've heard Rogers have some comments about those meetings today on the McAfee show. Um, but he also talked about Jordan Love quite a bit. And I think some of those comments were really interesting, too, because basically the gist of it, it was that he was saying he thinks he has two starting caliber quarterbacks. He's got Aaron Rodgers, who they still want back, believe can play at a high level. And they think that Jordan Love is ready to play and take that next step. And then on the flip side, he goes and says that it's hard to evaluate him because he hasn't been able to play a 16-17 game season so he's in a precarious position. So I thought that was kind of an interesting contrast. You can't really, it's like having your cake and eating it too. You don't really get to do that um, with two, you know, potentially starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't get what he's trying to do here. Like that, that was like, if you actually think that Jordan is ready, you move on from Rogers. And I know that moving on from Rogers is not as simple as that, sounds obviously there's so much more that goes into it but if you think you have a starter in your guy who's on his rookie deal who could potentially be your starter for years to come and it's between him and the guy that just had his worst statistical season of his career and is turning 40 and is contemplating retirement you know like but I also understand why he's standing at the podium and can't say you know, we're ready to move on to love, right? Like there's politics involved in this and he hadn't yet had his conversations with Rogers. And like I said, I think this is really based on the contract and the way they set up Rogers' contract. It's to- it's kind of in his hands at this point. But if they really think and believe in Jordan as a starter, like uh, you, you have, 
this is the year, right? He sat for three years. He's going into the fourth year. You have the fifth year option, but like you cannot, he, you can't sit him another season. You just can't, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I understand the philosophy of like, you know, what if Aaron Rodgers comes back and something were to happen where he would get hurt and, you know, Jordan Love has to come off the bench. We saw a little bit of that in the Eagles game. We saw that two seasons ago when Aaron Rodgers had COVID and Jordan Love had to play against the Chiefs. But you you don't afford those luxuries. Most of the time when you have a backup quarterback, you know, the, the Philly special kind of stuff doesn't happen. When you lose your starting quarterback, historically your season is for naught at that point. And we've seen, you know, some glimpses of it, I guess, in the postseason push, like the Ravens without Lamar Jackson still made the playoffs. You had the Dolphins who had a carousel at quarterback, but those teams aren't in here right now. I think Brock Purdy is the exception, and that was just a kind of a fluke coincidence. I just I don't think the Packers can afford the capital that they would have for Rodgers and Jordan. And I I know that the NFL isn't about fairness and equity, but it's, it's just really hard to think about them holding on to Jordan, you know, when you could be acquiring assets, you know, if he's not going to be a yeah. guy, then I think you have to move on, take it as a, a loss and see what you can get for him. Yeah. But I don't know if they think that, like, I right. don't know if they think he's not going to be the guy. They're just in this like really terrible middle ground um, with it. And they're just going to have to make a decision because, you know, you, the benefits of being on a rookie contract are that you have a larger cap number and you can spend on other players and you know you can bring back your vet left tackle and your vets on defense and invest maybe in a couple more weapons because your guy is on his rookie deal and the Packers kind of screwed themselves at this point because even if Jordan is the starter next season you've got the Aaron Rodgers dead money and that's not going anywhere so it is interesting that he also said that he still feels like Rodgers gives them the best chance to win, even though out of the other side of his mouth, he said, if Jordan had to come in this season and play, we would have, we believe he would have won us games. So (laughs) it's just, it's to me, it's all politician speak, right? It's just vague statements that sound like they mean things and they don't, and you're never really going to get the truth out of it. Um, It'll there. We're just going to have to see the action. Um, But he did mention some other players, which I thought were interesting. I mean, it very much seems like they're trying to run it back. He said they want Jones back. They want David Bakhtiari back. Darnell Savage is going to be back. They're like digging in on that. So any player, a few of the players I think maybe we felt like might not be on the team next season are like, it doesn't sound like they're going to cut anyone. Yeah. I think, you know, just we, we talk about Ted Thompson kind of being, you know, the example of having to make tough decisions, obviously moving on from Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre was hemming and hawing about retirement and then felt like he could still play. And I think, you know, historically and traditionally, this is a Packers front office that is have to like they make the tough decisions and they cut guys maybe a year or two too early, but they very rarely cut guys too late. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case with Rodgers, but I think, you know, offensive linemen are kind of a case study of that, like Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, Brian Balaga, Corey Lindsley, you know, is going and playing really well for the Chargers. Micah Hyde is like a rare miss, you know, in that aspect. But I think that is something that this front office is kind of being, you know, stuck with too, where we saw the example of the Packers being willing to move on. And now they're they're just completely stuck. And it, it almost goes against the Packer way 
and, and I know it's kind of weird to say because we're not in the front office, but historically it just feels like, you know, I think Ted Thompson would be making a different decision and this Packers team would look quite different. So it's, it's interesting to see Brian Gutekunst kind of, you know, go away from that norm. So it's funny that you say that because I was just going to say, I mean, we saw this situation 18 years ago and they traded Favre. They traded Brett Favre. Nobody thought that they would do that. And they did because they believed in Aaron. And again, this is a completely different, a completely different front office, but Brian is Ted's disciple. So either what they're saying about Jordan isn't really the way they feel or He's just veering off from the way, which fine, pave your own way. We've seen Brian do that with free agency. We've seen him do it with some of his decisions in the draft. Fine. But I actually think that in this scenario, what you did with Favre is the right decision for this current moment for this team. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's hard. It, it hurts. You know, we have said on this podcast many, many times that Aaron Rodgers is one of the main reasons that we fell in love with football. And, you know, there's a lot of Packer fans who grew up in the Favre era and they lived through the seventies and eighties. And then you had the nineties and you had the glory years of the Packers. Favre took them to two Super Bowls. We are a little bit younger than that. So we had, you know, the, the Aaron Rodgers successful years and, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a, it's a discredit to Rodgers or you don't want to, you know, negate any of the amazing things that he's done for the franchise, but at the end of the day, the Packers have to make the best decision for the Packers. And I completely respect them wanting to do right by Aaron Rodgers. I think he deserves that for right. what he's done for the franchise. But I don't know if keeping him and running it back would be considered the right move for the Green Bay Packers. And unfortunately, nobody knows that except, I guess, what the front office is, you know, spewing right now. What they saying, think. Yeah, what they're saying internally. Yeah, I mean, I think I think running it back will will get the same exact season we just saw, which nobody wants right you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. As far as the NFC goes... We have lots of interesting divisional round. I mean, what do you think about Wild Card Weekend, first of all? Um, pretty much every result that I wanted had happened. You know, I was I was rooting for the Bills. Um, Jags and Chargers was pretty much a toss-up, but was hoping for the Bengals. The biggest result, obviously, wanting the Vikings to get eliminated in the first round. And that happened, which was a glorious thing. Um Having a hard time with the Cowboys, rationalizing that in my brain because I hate the Cowboys franchise and Jerry Jones so much, but I just love Mike McCarthy. Right, so that's I like, my rationalization also. <laughs> I, like, I like seeing him have success and, you know, whatever the gritty breakdance thing he said he was doing in the locker room, that was super cute. But just, you know, it's, it, it would be really hard to see the Cowboys have some success. Yeah, it's a weird playoffs with without the Packers. It's It's been so long. And now no Tom Brady. And now it's really, it's all about the young boys. And this is like why I'm like, this is kind of why I'm looking ahead. If you look at this playoff picture now, the oldest quarterback in the playoffs is Dak Prescott, who's 29. Like, I just, 
I, I, you know, like there's, it's just a new age. And I think this playoffs is really, is really showing it. And I think it's also showing what a good scheme can do, even when you don't have your starter, right? Like, look at the 49ers playing with Brock Purdy. Now, granted, they have like the weapons from heaven, but (laughs) you know, Shanahan is doing what he needs to do to like put Brock Purdy in a good position. And we saw Skylar Thompson from Miami kind of not take it to the bills, but like they hung around enough and he was also a seventh round, seventh round pick. So um, it's kind of showing, I think what good scheme and a young, young guy could do. Um, this weekend will be interesting. I think the underdog Jags go to the Chiefs. I'm very curious to see how that goes. Um, I think the Jags are, (laughs) I think the 2023 Jags, so next season, are going to be the next 2021 Bengals. That's how I see them going, right? They'll probably lose this game. They'll go into next season, and all of a sudden, Trevor's going to, like, come into his own, like Joe did. Um, Interesting what you think of the two NFC games. It's wild to me that there are three NFC East teams left. Yeah, the Jags to me feel like a team that's playing with with house money, and sometimes yeah. those are arguably the most dangerous teams. But yeah. I mean, because I don't think anybody expected them to come back the way that they did against the Chargers. Trevor Lawrence threw was it four picks in the first half, and it was like, okay, you know, this is those uh, those young, inexperienced in the playoff kind of moments shining through, and then he leads a comeback. I I mean, credit to the NFC East, I guess, because I think that we all thought like, you know, yes, the Giants are nine seven and one. But the commanders, you know, were in, in the the running for that seventh spot for a while, too. And I think that they're kind of looked at as like, you know, the underdogs of the NFC where they're just like normally considered a layup almost the last couple seasons. They just haven't been contenders. So to see the three of them, I think the Eagles 49ers would be just the most electric NFC championship game. I, you know, maybe you think differently. I think that's kind of how it'll end up. I think the home teams will have it, but two really explosive offenses, some nasty defenses, especially in the front. It's going to be going to be a lot of fun come championship weekend, I think. Yeah. These are all great games. This late in the season to have a division game is just like really interesting like that common of opponent that you've played that many times this season. Um I agree with you. I'm I think it's going to be Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Niners. Um I don't know who I'd root for. I'm I'm all in on the Bills, so on the NFC side, I don't know who I'd root for. I think I can't get myself to root for the 49ers. Agreed. So I'm a big, big, big fan of Jalen Hurts. Big fan of Jalen Hurts. So I think I could get behind that. But here we are, divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah, really quickly, um, before we wrap up, I wanted to get your thoughts on this just because I thought it was really interesting. Um, Wendell Ferreira on Twitter does a lot of Packers coverage, and he had tweeted the last team from each division to reach the Super Bowl. And obviously the Packers were the representative of the NFC North, and that was in 2010. The only other division with a worse you know, success rate was the Colts in 2009. But the Eagles then for the NFC East would be the the furthest representation for the Super Bowl in 2017. So you're looking at a seven year gap for the Packers as obviously the worst, you know, part of the worst division when it comes to reaching the Super Bowl. And I don't know if part of that is just, you know, bad luck in the playoffs, is it's if it's repeatedly running it back, if it's playing in, you know, 
not a very successful division where if you look at the Bears and Lions the last decade. But I I just thought that was really interesting to see the Packers are, you know, outside of the AFC South, the NFC North being like the furthest away from their most recent Super Bowl. That is really interesting. I think that's more of an indictment on the rest of the NFC North than anything else. Like, (laughs) I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, look, the Packers have had bad luck, but they have made four NFC championship games since then. So they haven't had the strongest division, which is, I think is, you know, why this season was also a bit of a struggle because the rest of these teams are kind of on their way up. But Vikings won as many playoff games as the Packers did this season. So <laughs> that's at, you know what? There's not really a better way to end this week's episode. We'll be back obviously next week breaking down what we saw in the divisional round, any Packers news that may or may not happen. I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to have a decision by next week, but we would love a little bit of content. Maybe we'll have some sound bites from something else to talk about, but it sounds like we're going with all the home teams for the divisional round. Any final thoughts, Perry, other than the fact that the Vikings trophy case remains empty for another season? Um, I am just, I'm kind of over all the off season fodder and I am just here and waiting for decisions. I'm I'm not going to be like super speculative or anything. I'll just be here to listen when we find out what happens with this team's future and on to the draft. Yeah, we've got four games this weekend, two games the following week, and then the Super Bowl. We are almost out of football for a very long offseason. So enjoy it. Watch as much as you can. Root for whoever you're interested in rooting for. And We'll be here for it. So you can follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. You can find it everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Give it a download. Give it a rating. Subscribe. And like I said, we'll be here all offseason talking about whatever is happening in Packerland and the NFL. So thanks again, and go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.